What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of It's Your World. And I'm your host, Jordan Brown, Uptown Jordan Brown, Dane Allen, Big Buckets Brown. And like I said, every episode off, how are you? It's good. Glad to hear it. Want to say thank you for checking out the last episode of It's Your World with my guest, Fiji Lou. I feel like that was one of those episodes that kind of hit home for me. It's, um, it's really cool to sit down with people you've known for a very long time, and you've seen these people grow. You've seen them become who they are. Um, in a way, I know Fiji since he was like a shorty. I mean, not a shorty, but like, what, teenage years? Um, and it's cool to see the relationships he's built, the business relationships he's built. Um, and in a way, if you if you check out his uh, Instagram page, the entertainment relationship he's built, relationships he's built, and just to see someone say, hey, I'm going to do something and do it. I think the main thing about that is I wanted to have him on to kind of show my support to him and show him that, you know, I appreciate him for being himself. I think a lot of things where... Um, individuals go into this creative or this um, party scene or uh, what, what is it called industry type of um, lifestyle you kind of you see people dabble a little bit and he just you know jumped into it I think the main thing that I took from the episode and then the outpour of support he's gotten with the episode and how people really appreciate him how people are inspired by him his story his um his his growth has inspired a lot of people around him and I think that's the dopest part to me you know to have people around you that push you to have people around you that support you to have people around you that are inspired by you to have people around you that make you feel like you can be yourself around uh, they can be themselves around you um that's dope as fuck man I think it's um it's great I want to tell him thank you Fiji for being on the show um hopefully we have you come back for uh, another episode when you're doing bigger and better things even though you're doing it pretty big right now um but yeah it's been a minute though so moving on <laughs> the main thing um is uh just thank you for all the listeners out there thank you everybody who's um checked out an episode up until this point i think um the hardest thing about this podcasting deal is just to make sure that you you have people to interview you have people to sit down with to make sure that you have the time to um sit down and get everything situated as far as editing each show and recording them and i want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening from the beginning and hope you continue to uh check it out but this week I got a special episode. This is kind of like um, it's a week, a week, week late or so, but uh, it's a Father's Day episode. So I kind of want to try to keep this thing going where I do something special for Father's Day. No, no disrespect to Mother's Day or anything like that. But the main thing is, you know, I want to do an episode that shines light on fatherhood, that shines light on that role in people's lives and that can be a father figure that can be anybody around you i think even um 
an earlier episode that I had, Arthur Ray kind of touched on that, how you can be involved in somebody's life and not be their parent, and they still reach out to you on these type of holidays. I think that's pretty cool, you know, for what he's doing, being a coach. One of those things is, like, you know, you're around this person. A lot of times, a huge majority of the time uh, you spend outside of your household, um, outside of your home. So I kind of appreciated that a little bit. So um, shout out to all the fathers out there for Father's Day. And with this week's episode, this guest is really special to me. He's my uncle. (laughs) He was in town for our family reunion that we had a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, we were just talking, having a good time. Uh, kicking it with the fam, you know, he even said that in, in the episode, you know, in the podcast, hey, I haven't seen some of these people in so many years, and I think that's interesting that you can have your family be so big and spread out all across the country, the world for that matter, and they can have um, a connection, they can come together in one city, one place for a few hours and just have a great time, or a whole day, or a whole weekend, whatever that family reunion plan is for um, people out there, uh, I think... Um, it was interesting that, and to me, to sit down and say, "Hey, let's let's record a podcast." Um, you know, he's he's a bishop, Bishop Victor Powell, um, out of Albany, Georgia. You know, he lived here in Chicago for a very long time. Ended up, um, his life took him down to Georgia. You know, he uh, started here in Chicago with my grandparents and my mom. You know, his sisters. Uh, his brother, family, cousins, you know, friends, and um, he was in he was in the um, Marines for a while, and ended up um, just moving down to Georgia after he was stationed there, I believe. But um, I don't know. I have to uh, verify that, but I'm pretty sure that's the story. Um, but the main thing was just having him on the podcast and getting him the opportunity one. To have to share the type of conversations that we have, um, we talk about a lot of different things, and I mentioned that in this episode too. Is like realizing that you're becoming an adult, realizing that you are an adult, is <laughs> interesting. Shout out to uh, Arian Foster who always says that when you get to like thirty something, you kind of in that tweener age where you like not old, but you're not young either anymore, and you realize that you have these connections, you have these relationships with people, rather family, friends, coworkers, and everything like that, and 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 however long they've been involved in your life, that that relationship kind of changes, and I've always looked up to my uncle as like a uh, being like a great example of um what uh not just a father not just an uncle not just a brother but like a, a good example of what a human being should be he's a, he's a pretty good example and um i mentioned that here in this episode is like how we'll be young and waiting for him to come visit us here in chicago when I was younger, and he'd show up and, you know, driving in from uh, Georgia and then coming to Chicago, however long that drive is, and just, you know, spending time with us. I thought that was a lot. Um, and I thought that was so cool. I don't know why I thought that was so cool, but it was so dope when I was a kid. Um, but, you know, we talk about that. We talk about a lot of different things. We talk about the culture in life. Uh, in, uh, the culture that we're living in right now, in American culture, uh, we even talk a little bit about politics, which is interesting um, to have um, that discussion with family, because I think that's one of the things they say you shouldn't talk about. 
but it w- it was cool, man. And just to shed light on fatherhood, to shed light on his influence in my life and that of um, my cousins, his kids. Um, it's pretty dope, man. I kind of just really enjoyed sitting down having this conversation, enjoy putting this conversation out there. Uh, I know it was kind of um, not not formulated, but I feel like when you sit down in front of a microphone, it's very, uh, it can be very hard to kind of make it that type of candid conversation that you're used to having. And, it, and this is pretty, this is pretty close to the conversation that we would kind of have. And I thought that was cool to kind of share that kind of personal aspect of myself. I know you guys listen and you do hear me talk um, a little serious about things. And if you come, come to an open mic, you hear me joke on stage and everything like that. Um, but I thought it was really cool to put this type of conversation out there and I'm sharing it with you guys because it is very personal to me. It's um, it's it was dope, man. So I'm pretty sure you guys will enjoy it, and I hope that uh, you guys subscribe and review, and just make sure you take this episode in and share it with somebody if you enjoy it. Uh, but with that said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Here we go. Mr. Father's Day, how how is everything for you? Man? Father's Day is it's wonderful. It's it's a it's a time to really really reflect on your your. Um, have you really made a difference mm. in the in the important people's lives? You know, and I'm finding too because of our culture, fatherhood transcends your blood children. You know, when you most good fathers end up kind of fathering other children mm. too to some degree because there's so many families without that biological figure there. Uh, and so it gives you a chance to really uh, reflect on uh, your measurement of your 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 fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Have you really, really made a difference in your life? So fatherhood is father's day is really and mothers uh, typically I was I was dealing just from the how it's actually written. It's written honor your fathers and mothers, mm-hmm. but in our culture we've reversed it because mothers have had such a vital role in our children's lives that the mother has has been seen first, mm-hmm. and we seem to downplay fathers because there's been so many negative connections to father that the good father don't even get their their day in the sun, if you will. I actually just saw a post on Instagram earlier saying how um, being a dad is like an unsung hero type of thing. <laughs> being a it's, it's interesting. It really is, you know, because you, 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 cause, cause every, listen, father, all, all fathers are not deadbeat dads. Mm-hmm. There are fathers out there that go make it happen. They they press, they go to the next level, they they make sacrifices for their children, their family, their wives, their children who don't live with them. Mm-hmm. Um, or even kids that aren't theirs. It's funny that you started with that. Yes. I interviewed Arthur Ray, who was a good friend of mine. He's a coach at Curie High School right now. Right. He turned their whole program around. He's like, you know what really tripped me out was my first year, man, when the kids 
hit me up like, happy Father's Day. It's like, I ain't got no kids, man. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> I'm your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no kids, man. It's like, no, just, you know, just like you're a father figure. And that idea, I was just thinking about that. Coming over here is we sit here and record this. You know, we got my little cousins and everything here. Then right. they walk in the door. What y'all do if they see that? You right. know, it's like, here you go being a role model, not even knowing you're a role model. Absolutely. It don't want to be a role model, but you know, you never know who's watching you. Watching you, paying attention <laughs> to you. Yeah, yeah. Because mo- most, of, most of what we do as fathers and mothers is, is modeling. Mm-hmm. People are looking, your children are looking at you. Other fathers, I can't even tell you how many fathers who said, I've watched you, I've mm-hmm. watched you, I've watched how you do it. I want to be the kind of father mm. you was, you know. And and where did I get my model from? Mm. My father, Ned Odom. He was a father's father. I mean, he was not just daddy. He was, he was. Um, I I I, bl- I bless my dad, but dad dad was my hero. He was uh, he was the kind of guy. Let me give you an example. Um, we drive from California from Chicago to DC to your graduation, you know, or my, my baby sister, Teresa, was, uh, she's retired from the police department now doing something else. Not really retired. Right, retired yeah. to get another job. To, to get, get another, another job. job and then retired and get him. It's really weird, but. <laughs> the kind of dad, and I, and I shared this at my dad's eulogy, and, and somebody came up to me and says, I, I, I've never met a man like that now. You gotta tell me about a daddy like the, that. Yeah, the legend. But, but Risa was getting ready. My sister Teresa, which we call Risa, was, was getting ready to take the physical fitness test mm-hmm. for the police department. And that was one of her struggles. You know, so she had to run a certain amount of miles, blah, blah, blah. Daddy's, I, I did the math. Daddy was in his 50s then. And Risa is needing to get her score up. Daddy gets on the track with her. Takes her out there every day, pushing her, pushing the button, making her do it. And he's running the track with her so that she will pass the test and end up retiring uh, with almost 30 years with the police department. That's the kind of daddy. And was. that story has been told over and really? over and over. <laughs> and the funny thing is, not too long after that, well, I had to probably be maybe four or five or probably real young at that time. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. teaching me how to ride a bike at right, that age. Right, right. Taking me to practices and football like that, and he was I, your granddad, right? Right. And and if you know me, you know him. That's that's, that's how the bottom line. Right. That's right. how. Like, yeah. I, and I, I think about it. if you knew me between the ages of like nine years old to maybe sophomore year in high school, you know who nailed him is. Wow. That's that's how much we were together too. Just the example, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to try to keep this thing going. Last year, I interviewed Robert, who was my stepdad, and he sat down. I think he might have told that story, or he said something about him. Is that that is you know, so powerful? And wow. to have you, my uncle, on as an example of a father, a dad. You know, just I was thinking about that today. I was cutting the grass, like man, I got some pretty good examples. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. And, and, and what I, I think also, you know, when you think in terms of uh, you, you, you reflect on these kind of days mm-hmm. because you, you know how imperfect you have been. And, and if you're not careful, you, you, you say, God, but I, I, no, 
And your and your daughter, your son, or a few people call you and text you and says, if it hadn't been for you. I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have I wouldn't done be. this. I wouldn't be who I was. My text from my daughter and my son. My son called. He didn't text. And, uh, and Michael, I think, even texts me. And um, my children says, hey, you know, but particularly my daughter, she says, I wouldn't be the woman I am if it hadn't been for you. And uh, that broke me, you know, because it's like, okay, you know, because there is a side of you you, you wish you had measured up a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know. But to hear that says, that's okay. Because mm-hmm. there's a father out there listening to us who's saying, you know, I, I messed up here, I messed up there. But you didn't mess up everything. Right. And, and to tell you about your impact, too, even more for me. Um, as I started doing my comedy thing and try to figure out what I wanted to do with the podcast, I remember talking to one of my coworkers and some friends. They're like, well, "Why don't you do something on religion?" I'm like, "No, nah, we we already got that taken care of." <laughs> like, somebody's always doing. It. Somebody's already doing that. But not to say so, that. So they, I, were, so they were saying you was a preacher, right? You know, trying to go into that that lane. It's like oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. And I only said that because I look up to who you are. Uncle wow. Vic, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah. a lot of people is Bishop. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but he yeah. always going to be Uncle Vic. No, just playing. Yeah, <laughs> but, please. But the idea is that uh, I remember being a kid and just hanging out at Grandma's house, and she's like, oh, your Uncle Vic going to be here in a couple that of hours. Crazy. And I remember yeah. just trying to stay up late and wait till you got in because I knew you were driving in. Right, And right. just being so excited and happy to see you, thinking about all the times we had as kids, just remember going down there to visit you. Yeah, and yeah. Go down to Albany. And just growing up, I remember just like I just thought you were just oh man, <laughs> it's amazing. Like this is, not to say that it's not that same feeling that I have now, right? But now that I'm an adult and we can sit down and have the conversations, conversations. that we had, yeah. and I feel like okay, he understands what I'm saying. Like yeah, I, I, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because every time I come to Chicago or, or we connect, and it's always I wonder what me and Joy are going to talk about. You mm-hmm. know, because it's a, it's that it's that. It's that um, being able to connect with somebody that you know, for, for me to hear a, a young millennial talking with, with sense, challenging, young African-American male millennial mm-hmm. uh, who's innovative, who's creative, who even has the courage. See, this is what I wish I'd had. See, our parents told us, Go to school, go to the military, do something with your life. But you're doing something with your life. They did what they were taught to do. But you guys have courage that we didn't have. You know, y'all. y'all we did. do have a few more outlets, too. I think for you guys, it would take a little bit longer for ideas to get out there. That is so, that's a great perspective. And you could get that knocked is, upside the head. Yeah. Back because <laughs> spreading some ideas. And that's not even. That's, now, the, the voice, having a voice in this culture is so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I wish that, the, but, but our parents at that time was coming out of the, 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 the civil rights exactly. movement. Exactly. Uh, which, which was after you, after you came out of that movement and doing that movement, you got to play it safe. Play it safe. You got to make it. You got to You got to be successful. You got to do something with your life, and you play it safe. Play along with the system. You guys have broken that mold, that paradigm, particularly the millennials. 
Uh, you can't just you just can't tell a millennial anything. They ask mm-hmm. questions. You guys ask questions. They pull up. Oh uh, my God! Up right in their phone. Uh, you said this. You said this. this. That's not true. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and and you're right. The outlets now is so much more broader, and so but but it's such such a powerful thing. And so I even got to thinking. I'm I'm really developing a piece of how to father a millennial, how to be a father to a millennial, because millennials ask questions. They they're much more curious. The freedom to be curious, mm-hmm. um, you know, where where we used to. I'll never forget this. This is when I started realizing the world is different. I'm teaching a class of uh, young uh, young boys, young African American males. There's about 20 of them in the class. One of the guys is, has his phone. Uh, iPhones had not even been created yet, so that's how long ago this was. The guy had his phone, and and I'm talking, talking, and he's. Every time I say something, he's, uh, so I stopped in the middle of my presentation. Why are you disrespecting me like this? He said, what do you mean, sir? You're sitting here playing on your phone while I'm talking. He said, sir, I'm not playing on the phone. I'm making notes of your presentation. <laughs> That's when you feel old. Whoa, the world has changed. The world has changed. And so then you either flow with the change and or get left behind, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm learning from you guys. Even even uh, uh, Jordan, the, the courage to do a podcast, share ideas, be open to new ideas. That stuff that was unheard of uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You you had to get in a lane, stay in a lane. If you get out that lane, you got ostracized. Mm-hmm. Now there's so many lanes out there, you know. And there's a, there's a power to that, and so I want to commend you for that. I really do. W- which means too. Uh, the, the diversity of thought mm-hmm. is is really you all's lane, you know. And so I even challenged myself. I said, God, how can I be continue to be relevant in a time where you've got to you got to be able to sit down and talk to all kinds Different of people types. from all types of backgrounds, from all types of world, people who don't believe like you believe, and yet y'all can be brothers, sisters, you know, people don't who don't see the way you see, but mm-hmm. yet y'all can have great relationship, that's what I think uh, is happening in the world. And, and for me to sit down, like all the conversation that we have, just think about it that way, it's like, oh, well, this has been going on. You've been doing that. Unbeknownst to you, you've been, you know what I'm saying, how we can sit here and have a conversation, and you can talk to 50 different people. All of them are totally different. We were talking from range of religion, sexuality, personal beliefs, backgrounds, and all, you know. Wow. And you don't we 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 moved into a time now where now you know this is what this person represents. This is where this person is from. This is Absolutely. and they put they were putting it out there for everybody to see it's on our Facebook, it's on our Instagrams, it's on our Twitters wow. and everything. And some people say, Well, I don't have a Twitter. It's like, okay, well, we start talking. I can honestly see we may be the same color, but you totally believe something totally, totally different, different than I do yeah. from the conversation that we have. Wow. But I mean, I think it's amazing and I think it's awesome. I mean, which is that's what's that's one of the reasons why I enjoy doing the comedy aspect of things is because... Your last comedy piece that I went to was so powerful. There's so many different types of people out there. We can all laugh at the same thing. And you can convey messages that you may not have been able to send out having a real intense conversation with somebody. Did your, did your dad ever, your, your biological father ever get a chance to see any of your stand-up before he died? or anything? No. No. Well, what's, what's, what, what are some of the things you think of on, on a day like this as it relates to uh, your, your, your own journey? 
It was processing. At, right at one point in time, it was just the loss. You know, you can waddle in that misery <laughs> or that idea that you don't have anybody there to share this with or who you thought you would be able to share it with. The one picture or the pictures that we have of him, the memories that me and Jaleesa can sit down and share with my other st- my stepbrother, my little sister, you know, all those people. But it was hard. And it is hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. It is hard to realize, okay, I don't have somebody around, but I didn't have my grandfather around for father said, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and that yeah. was a strong relationship that I had with somebody. And the idea right now is like, I still always think about how can I do, if not better, just be as good as the day. I've dealt with that question. <laughs> oh my God. If I, because if I could measure, I tell people if I could just be 50% of the kind of father my dad was, I would be a great dad, you know? And even, and even like you said, you do have those, I've had conversations before my dad passed with him just like not being there at certain times, not being around when I wanted to, but it was just like the fact, like some people don't have that at all. Right. And I think to me, for you, and I, we both have, uh, uh, our fathers are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it does for me at this point, now that I'm, I'm, I've come through some of the, the grief period, and grief is an ongoing mm-hmm. Yeah, journey. it never ends. never ends. But, but, but it does for me is value. It, it makes me value Jordan more. Mm-hmm. Makes me value Robert more. Makes me value um, my mentor. Bishop Kirby Clemens more. It makes me value my friend from New York more. It makes me, because we talk maybe every day, every mm-hmm. other day, uh, it makes me value those essential relationships in terms of men more. So the loss has, has groomed something in me, formed mm-hmm. something in me. So, and I think even with your, your dad, because I was there at his home going, it, it makes me value life and now. Mm-hmm. Let me value now. Now, the only real moment we have is now. The past is gone, and the future is not yet. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So, so, so that's, and I, I promise you, that's what goes through my mind as a father, an uncle, a friend, a brother, is. Not that I think in terms of this may be the last moment, mm-hmm. but valuing those relationships because life has twists and turns, mm-hmm. and we don't know what's, what's going to happen. I, so valuing, that, that's what it does for me. You it? appreciate just about everything, every little bit of everything. And, and I, I don't want to say, I don't want to bring any other social aspects into it, but it, it's like... Like, for example, we have toothpaste. Like, take a tube of toothpaste. Right, right, you right, can right. use this toothpaste every single day. Right. And in my home, my significant other likes to hold on to the toothpaste to the last little bit. <laughs> but, like, that's that's how I view life in a way. Ah. Oh. That's how I view. I lost my dad at I don't know, 23, 24, right after college. I just saw a post from Facebook the next Father's Day. Like, man, Dad, I really miss you, you know. And I thought to myself, like, wow, do you know how young you were when that happened to you? And to get where you are today and not just go completely left, completely left, you know what I'm saying? Like, to have 
my perspective on life changed. Losing a parent will change a lot in you. So much that it's so subtle. If that, like, it's it's a huge change, but it's like, so I'm just, boom, I'm just, I'm different now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm different now. And I just had a conversation with one of my buddies from, one of my friends from, like, seventh grade. He lost his mom. And it was quick. She died of cancer. And I'm like, bro, it's funny how that'll change everything. And he's like, yeah, bro, it changed everything. I'm like, I might as well do whatever I need to do right now. And now he got his own store in L.A. Just, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Wow. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I got a family now and all this stuff. You just... It changes your perspective. Yeah. If, ever since, uh, your, your, your mom said to me, ever since uh, we lost our dad, and she says to me, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's powerful, but she says to me, you know you haven't been the same since dad left. Mm-hmm. I said, really? I didn't even realize it. You know, it's, this, is the, this is the only thing when when... You are a, when you attempt to be a great, great father, the children deal with a different type of devastation when you leave Mm -hmm. because you have filled such a deep part of their their heart that for you to be gone and never to return, it's almost like pulling half their heart out. It is such a critical thing. and uh, and and Dad was my hero. That was that that was that was oh my God. I can't even explain. And it's funny though. But the year before Dad transitions, I had an event at in Albany, Georgia, and we was it was called Stop the Violence mm-hmm. event. We were kicking off an organization at that time. We would start. It totally brought a rebel, reformation to South Georgia. Um, I was the co-founder. Bishop Williams was the founder. Frederick Williams. And Dad came. Gabriel came. And 900 other men showed up. And I had an opportunity. I was the featured speaker. Mm-hmm. And I had an opportunity to recognize th- that why we have to stop the violence in our community is because we don't typically see the third generation unless one of them is in prison, deceased. And so I got an opportunity to recognize the, the powerful secession of, of success and, and affirmation. And dad got, a chance to, dad got a chance in his living. Eulogies are powerful, but in his living to, to, to feel the value of being a father. I'll never forget. I kissed dad on the forehead and I says, dad, I, I wouldn't be, I don't know what my life would have been without you. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and says, I don't know what my life would have been without you. I'm like, okay. You can do that all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that all day. Really just, it, so, so the power of fatherhood, Jordan, is, is not just a father. It's the, it's the power of the son because that's what the father does is give such power and affirmation because I could see your dad, I can see your granddad, I can see Robert all in you. you And that's the funny thing, you say that, I remember being Uh in sixth or seventh grade and a football coach came up to us and said, that's three generations right there. The same thing that you just said, he said, he saw, it was me, my dad, and my granddad all standing by the car talking about something. I think he was picking me up from practice. And he said that, 
And we don't see that in our community, right. it's unfortunately. Not not on a large scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not on a large scale. That's that's so powerful. And, yeah. I mean, and that needs to be highlighted more. It's the point I've been making. Mm -hmm. We don't talk enough about, we get so overlooked when you have worked hard to break the rules and the system and and break poverty. And the, the, the stereotypes. Ste that, absolutely. Yeah. Pull your pants up. Now, I understand it's a cultural deal, that I, but, and I'm not speaking for your program. Now, I know it's a cultural deal, but we worked hard to prepare our boys, I'll say it this way, for an interview, mm -hmm. to go in there and kill the interview. I mean, make them say, we got to hire him. Now, it's funny, and my, and my challenge to our culture is, why do we let you walk the streets with your pants down? And you can't come to an interview that way. I'm just, if you work in a corporate America, which you work in, mm -hmm. it's not like that. You can't do but it. I think, I think, when so, you, so you, maybe you can help me. When we talk about that stuff, I think it's more, like you said, it's a cultural thing. It's a, it's a look, it's a style. It is, it is, it's not only just black culture, it's hip hop culture. Hip hop culture. It's, it's absolutely, every, you know, we, absolutely. And that's, this is, that's been the trend of all our conversations for the past <laughs> couple of, I've seen you, what, three, four times in the last eight months, and we've always discussed that, and I think, like I said, being, for me, being in athletics, it was one thing, and then to come out of that and be like, I like dressing like this. I also like dressing like this. I like listening to this music. I like listening to that yeah, music. Yeah. All these different things are parts of different types of cultures. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and see you, you put a different twi twist on it, a, a different spin on it for me because, but, but at one time that was not associated to a hip hop. That's true. Because hip hop is positive in many cases. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, P. Diddy, but all these guys who who were the fathers of that movement, mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's now turned into this is a cultural positive thing for young black men. It's not associated with prison, crime, or poverty. Mm -hmm. But when it was, we were working hard to as fathers. Say, hey, you know. Now <laughs> it's become like a, like I was in a, I was in a coffee shop, one of the famous coffee shops, and uh, guy has pajamas on. And I asked the person I was with, I said, "Now is that a style?" Mm -hmm. He says, "Yeah, unfortunately." <laughs> I said, "What?" But it's not the style for you. Is it? <laughs> That's what, that's the thing. Wow. It's like, so, so, so is that a style? That's now? What, I mean, you can wear. I think whatever. If you got money like that, you feel like you can walk around in pajamas. You can do that. Anybody can do it. But guess what? Found out he was on his job. He worked at the local coffee shop, and they were having a meeting. And he comes to the meeting with a t-shirt on and his pajamas on, uh, pajama top bottoms. Mm -hmm. And I found out that this is a style. So. The adaptability that you have to have in order to bridge the gap in this, mm -hmm. in this culture is enormous. Because everything used to be one, two, three, four, black, white. You know, you, 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 you made that adjustment, mm -hmm. boom. But now it's constant adjustments, constant. It's not one or two lanes. To the point now, I think we should be, I think we're at a time now where we kind of look at ourselves as human beings and say, oh, we're not here, we're not there. It's like, you don't realize how much you are adapting to different situations oh so effortlessly. Wow. It's, so it's interesting. I think we all are adapting and adjusting to different things. And 
I, I, like, I wanted to have you on more just to not only talk about Father's Day, but, you know, I know you've been working with your father's seminars and everything like that. So yeah. That, and I like, yeah. I like the message is that, like you said, sometimes you do make mistakes. Sometimes you aren't perfect. But in most cases, if you are there as a child, that's kind of all I really wanted, to be honest. Brother, it's funny you mention that because I, I realize what I realize, uh, and the older I get, and of course, aging and maturing, hopefully, um, is that a child remembers presence more than they do presence. Mm. You know, presence, my presence, my. I just saw a post, a friend of mine played football at King. He's in the NFL now. He has two kids. And I looked at that picture, him and his wife and his two kids. I'm like, I wonder if, if they even know he plays in the NFL. I wonder if they even realize if that's that. Even important. If that's is you know, just that. That is there. <laughs> that is there. And it's funny because I, I, I mentioned something in, in, in one of my presentations that I, I want to encourage wives and, and, and mothers who are listening who are maybe disconnected from the, the father of the children. If, if a father is a decent guy trying to just make it from day to day, but he really wants to be in his child's life, that child is going to remember, dad took me to the movies, dad took me to a Cubs game, a Braves game, White Sox game. Uh, I, I see uh, here in a few days the Cubs and the White Sox are going to play together, mm-hmm. play each other. Wow. That's, 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 if you take your child to a game like that, Number one is memorable because at one point in in the world that didn't happen, you know. So that kid's gonna remember that. He's gonna remember the Bulls game, especially if Michael Jordan was playing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's gonna remember. He's gonna he's gonna remember that more than he was driving in a luxury car. Mm-hmm. You know, he he will kill what kind of car you. Daddy's coming to get me. Boom! Daddy's gonna take us to. I can remember, brother, when McDonald's was a big deal. <laughs> When White Castle was a big deal, brother, and, and it's all it, it, it was, we was in that station wagon, and we were going to White Castle. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, a part of our family history. Every Sunday, Dad would gather us in the, in the station wagon, and we would go on a little ride. Now, this was a family trip. Mm-hmm. We wasn't going nowhere but the White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Dad knew how to stretch it out. Take us places, ride, talk to us. Let you know what you're looking at. He used to do that when I was a kid. (laughs) This used to be you. You don't know. You don't know that, did you? Oh, 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 oh! oh. I never forget. Dad would ride us past a corner. We said that that man has been on that corner the last ten years. Mm -hmm. Been on that corner last year. Now this is what you don't end up want to do. Mm -hmm. End up doing. But White Castles and McDonald's and these are fast food chains that have touched the world. But at one point, they were they were they were special places and unique places to our community, and so for Dad to, to load us up in the station wagon, take us to White Castle, take us to a local restaurant, fast food restaurant. Now, mm-hmm. uh, that was major, major. Um, may have spent twenty dollars. And somebody listening know what I mean. $20 for a big thing of burgers and french fries and $20. Now you can't, you know, that's, it's, that's saying 20 is 60 or 70 mm-hmm. at one of those restaurants. So my point is, is that presence 
is is so critical. I'll never forget. I took took Gabriel to the movies. I was caught myself spending time with him, and I heard in my spirit, "You spending time with him, or is the movie spending time mm-hmm. with him?" Because we wasn't talking, we wasn't and just and enjoying, the just movie. enjoy, which is a great thing with him. He gonna remember that. But I started at that point asking him about the movie afterward. Tell me what you saw. Tell me what you observed. So now that became a more bonding, bonding moment. So presence, he don't know how much it cost at that, didn't know how much it cost at that time. Presence is more critical. And so I want to encourage the young women out there who are struggling with the ex or struggling with the father of the children. There are many fathers who don't want to miss that moment with their children. And, and I think sometimes the child support becomes the blocker in our community of, and not just in the black community now. It's, 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 Anybody's affected. It's affected by it. He ain't paying, he ain't paying, so I'm not going to let him spend time with the children. Um, but I, I think what a child remembers when, they, when they're 17, 27, 37, my dad took me. My dad did. And, it, and a lot of it don't have anything to do with money. You know? And so presence, of course we know the money's significant. We're not playing that down. But, but presence is more important. A kid doesn't know whether if he's three or four, five, six, seven years old, he ain't going to make a big deal of where he lives versus how he spends his time with his and dad. And in some cases, you'd be like, it's cool. Like, <laughs> you just be like, it's cool. I don't know. I, I, that's how I felt. It's just like, man, you you, you get to hang out with your pop. Yeah. You know, work on cars. Talk about cars. Oh that's my god, that's, that's that, a whole other you know, subject. Right, and, that and that's what that's where a lot of that came from. Just, and I think that's kind of where their relationship was with my dad and granddaddy. It's just they were able to communicate about cars and hang out in the garage and, talk, and I'd just be sitting there listening, don't know what the hell going what on. What they're talking about, <laughs> but you're there, you know, like, wow. Just to enjoy that, but you're right. That I, I think, to me, that would be, that's one of the most important things for me going into this new phase of my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even being able to give back, even with um, my girlfriend's dad, I took him to the, to the Bears game. Never been to a Bears game before in his life. He was like, man, I ain't never been to a Bears game. We get to go meet the team afterward. And I think the um, defensive coordinator for the Eagles was just hanging out there. I'm like, man, go shake his hand. And you know where I learned that from? <laughs> That's from granddaddy. <laughs> My dad just wow. said, like, go, go talk to him, go introduce yourself. He's like, well, why you want me to do that? It's like, because a lot of people can't say they shook a, a defensive coordinator who won a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, just like they, they can't say they had a conversation with that. And that's some of the stuff that, you know, I got learn how I learned personal skills <laughs> from doing that right. from those men telling me that's to do so that powerful. stuff. But that's like so that, powerful. that was that's something that I realized. Like, okay, well, in, engaging and exposing children or your children to new experiences is something that you can kind of you might want to incorporate that into fatherhood. That's something you can do when you think you're thinking about doing something like that. You know what I've, I? It's, it's funny that you used your influence. To, to bless your, your father-in-law because I think that, that that's what happens if you hold on to the relationships. Mm. You, you, then you'll turn around and you'll be a blessing to your father. You know, your father has blessed you. Your father has blessed you. Sacrifice, boom. Now that 
I remember your goodness. I remember the things you've done. Now God God has given you influence for different. And, and, and you turn around and bless him. It is not just for him. Me and Robert have been to plenty of sauce games when I was working constructing wow, and getting those so being able to sit behind home plate and just drink beers and then get an Uber to come pick us up. So Stuff powerful. like that, you know. That's I so felt powerful. like it was important to do that, and and to be honest, it would have been my dad if he was still. It would have been all of absolutely. us. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just, we didn't get the opportunity to, to, to do, do that. that. Yeah, that's one of the things that really hits home for me. It's like, man, you know, like you said, you can put so much into a child. You can think you do doing everything you can. I never got to share, you know, my blessings in a way. Your success. Right. And yeah, achievements, yeah. But yeah. I have to pass that along to my little sisters and y'all. I don't. I mean, I, I don't care at this point. Like I said, it changes. Your mind changes. You you start being more giving. You start appreciating yeah. more things. That's so powerful. Yeah, I, I think um, the other thing that, in addition to that, is forgiving. Mm. The, the once once I started aging. The few things that you notice, the imperfections in mm-hmm. your father. Don't even. They don't even. Can't even. You, you, you're willing. You remember it, but it don't, it don't, it don't hurt as much. Yeah, because <laughs> you start to know how tough it is to be When you start living, living it too. Living and learning, you say to yourself, whoa, what I think I've been holding on to, let me let that go. Because this was what he was going through. <laughs> this, is what he, this is what he didn't discuss with the family. This is what he didn't tell us. This is what he went and this made what, happen. Not even just your dad, your parents overall. Period. <laughs> Period. Yes. That thing is, is something. And so, and, 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 and the reason I, I, I threw that in because forgiveness for somebody right now that's hearing this podcast is going to be, is difficult. Mm-hmm. He wasn't this, he wasn't that. And, and, we, we, we understand people's imperfection when we realize we haven't been perfect, perfect ourselves, you know. And so it starts to help us to let go and focus on the 80% good, the, the, the 90% good, the 70% good. And this is my philosophy now. Be better than I was. Be better than I was. And that's the, that's, that's, all we can ask for. And that's, that's, I remember conversations with my dad, and he would say that. Wow. I don't, want you to be, I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be better than me. Be better than me. Be better than me. And that's from both parents. And they weren't even together, so I don't know how they shared that message, but it shows how they met. You know, you see, that's, yeah. they met somewhere. The philosophy. Right, they, they yes. something. <laughs> two different, totally two different types of people. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but just be better. Uh, because I, I think, I think that's that's what we can offer, not only our children but the world. I'm gonna be better than the previous generation. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be better than, you know, um, and it helps me to forgive. Mm-hmm. It helps me to let stuff go. Um, helps me to understand mm-hmm. a little bit better. Uh, and so I think many of our listeners that's hearing this podcast are saying, well, maybe that's what I needed to hear, because. We hold on to the imperfections, and I think sometimes that keeps us from seeing the good. Mm -hmm. Not only our mothers and our fathers, but people, period. You know, just, you know. And I think that, for me, that's what made me become a better friend and a better person overall after that loss. Is that one... It was, for me, it was, was what they say, in threes. Granddaddy, my little brother, then my dad. 
And when that all was just like you need to be a better person wow. for them, not only, but for yourself too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it, it, it really changes us. Mortality, <laughs> that idea. Yeah, mortality. It, it was an older, younger than just young. You're like, so young, you know, just, I don't know. It all just yeah yeah it's, it's a little, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot when I think about it and you you do come back to it a little bit sometimes you feel it over like wow and this is the first time I talked about that in a long time wow and I, I think I think um, you measure you measure your greatness not about how much you have but how much I've seen, experienced, endured, and yet showed up to the plate. Mm -hmm. I showed up to the plate crying. I showed up to life. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't stay in the dugout. I got up there. I might have even struck out, but I swung at that ball. You'll never be able to say, I, I didn't, didn't show up. I didn't, didn't show up. And I think you, we measure who we are by our, uh, that in spite of everything we've dealt with, we showed up to the plate. And um, it's funny you talked about the threes. I lost my dad, my mentor, my biological father, all within 17, 18 months. And it was like, what's up? And, uh, my mentor, Reverend Merritt, was, uh, he was my adult mentor. He was my adult. My dad brought me, laid the foundation. Mm -hmm. Reverend Merritt met me when I was 24, 25 years old, needing to navigate through that mid-20s to mid-30s, 40s. And um, he was such a critical part of that ladder the second 25 years. And um, I had a dream that uh, he was leaving. Two, two, years, two years after that dream, he, he was gone. Um, and that's how I, I, I came up with the understanding that when fathers and mentors have been a weight in your life in terms of the, 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 the worth and the significance they bring to your life, it's like pulling a, a, a wisdom tooth out of your mouth because uh, you can't, and you, the only difference between the wisdom tooth, the wisdom tooth thing, it, it subsides, mm -hmm. but that missing yeah, thing, keep you that. keep living with it. And so, uh, but, but it's a, I don't know if this makes sense, it's a good pain. I'm feeling this because you were so good. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling this because you were so positive. I'm feeling this because I didn't want to see you leave. Mm -hmm. And I think so, so people who are dealing with their fathers not being here, you're feeling that because they were so good. That's a different, that's not a regretful pain. Mm -hmm. That's one of those pains that I can laugh, cry, celebrate your existence. Uh, because you were so good. And now, for me, that was, 
the 2010 MAC championship. <laughs> After that was that summer, that's when Granddad passed away. Granddad passed away, and to get that, get that far, to have so much to do with that win, and to think back on all those days driving to and from practice, conversations, yeah, yeah. even communicate with my coaches and like how they had a close knit relationship and like. I don't know, man. What was the game y'all played in Mobile, Alabama? It was a bowl. A bowl game. A bowl game. Mm-hmm. And I came to that game. And um, y'all won that game, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought, it, it, to me, to me, when, when I saw you on the field, uh, you got frustrated a time or two in that game, I witnessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, getting... And achieving that level. Here I am, I'm, you know, we're, we're middle class, upper class family background, you know. And to watch one of your own go to a bowl, just playing the game. <laughs> you know what I'm like? And that was part of it too. That's why I was so, I was so, I remember just crying. I don't know, I was crying so much. Holding the trophy, just crying. Right, 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 like, right, right, thinking right. about this, like, man, dude, like, you just won. Why are you crying like this? And, like, even some of my teammates like, why are you crying, JB? What's wrong with right, you? Right, 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 right. It's like, bro, you don't realize, like, a, a year and a half ago, he was at the Kentucky game, and I didn't even play. I played 17 plays in that game. My granddad was there, and I was just so pissed off that I didn't play more. Wow. And people hounded me about that. It's like, right. and I'm just like, then the, the next year. To just have, like I said, be a like huge part of that team, of that win, yeah, winning that season and winning that championship, just break, broke down, crying. <laughs> and, and when you win, and that's the power of the subject we're dealing with. When you win, this is Ned Oldham. This it's everybody, everybody winning. <laughs> There's a lot of people living vicariously through you. Through you. And you don't even know it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it is funny. I, I, there is no place in the world I've ever gone that I didn't talk about my dad because I know my dad, Ned Odom, married my mama, my mother, my mama, mother. With two That's because the church folks don't hear him talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, he, 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 he took us and brought us to a place in life that uh, I don't think we would have ever been if it hadn't been for him. And so um, I see myself as a, uh, a Moses who God didn't allow to be raised by his own, mm-hmm. took him up to Pharaoh's house, put him on the Nile River, <laughs> And let him be raised in the palace. I was raised in the palace. I just believe that. That palace was on 52nd. 52nd. <laughs> it was a palace, baby. And, yes, and I really believe that. Just, yeah. I was just just talking to about that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we look a certain way, but we still urban. <laughs> we still urban. And I don't think a lot of people You're know urban that. prince. Like people You're know, urban people, prince. That's anybody from that neighborhood. And you make it out. You that's, And that's that's one of the things, too, when that's we talk powerful. about this culture stuff. That's this powerful. culture stuff is like you could be living with all this going on around you, experiencing all these things, and we still have successful human beings from yes. the South Side, from the West Side of Absolutely. Chicago, from the Southwest, Black, Brown, whatever you want to say. Yeah. That's just, you know, and I, and I, that's what makes me 
bring all that stuff up to be talking. And I even look from you, it, it's I would, may have expected it more to be like a religious background idea, but I've watched you grow in your ministry and then and adopt that idea. It's like. Like you said, I need people like you that to be liking the pictures and all this stuff. To let them know it's not just and, and we uh, need streams. We need different streams, mm-hmm. not the same, similar, same. Mm-hmm. You know, you need we because right now you you're going to be obsolete if you don't have relationships with different people. Period. Uh, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. you you've got to know how to relate, connect. If you're stuck on a view, who mm-hmm. uh, have people to talk to? Like one of the podcasts I listen to, and I always bring him up. Arian Foster is who was a friend of my other buddy. You know, he's with the Eagles now, and he he said he's he's an interesting dude. But he says he follows different people on Twitter and Instagram with all different points of views. But for me, it might not be a follow them. I can just pick up the phone and call somebody with that point of view. Right. And even where I came from, as far as education is concerned. I'd be a fool to think I'm not friends or known someone who supports Trump and all this. Think oh, about all these different right, things. Right, and right, we right, talk right. about that type right. of stuff. So I, that's why I like talking to you about these things because it's like, right. Uncle Rick, I see he, he, he grow, he's grown a lot. It is funny being grown now. <laughs> you like, oh, you grown too. You, you've grown too from the individual you were. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think Trump challenges us. One of the things that Trump, most people, don't don't see, and I understand that some of his candidness is um, shifts a lot of people and disagree with some of his candidness. But what he's he's riding out a cultural shift of saying what you want to say, mm-hmm. saying how you want to say it. Uh, he's running with the people who don't want to be politically correct, who want to kind of you know give voice to sometimes a little drama, uh, whether you agree with them or disagree with them. And I'm I'm I'm. I'm just happen to be on the other page, uh, the opposite page of Trump. But uh, but I do see that out of once he leaves office, there will there would have been something he birthed, and what he birthed was it's okay to feel something and say what you feel, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's not politically correct. Uh, I think we'll develop a way to convey those messages. Thoughtfully. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thoughtfully. <laughs> because I think, Intelligently. Right, yeah. you, you, I think, like I said, I think it's okay to say what you want and how you feel. Just make sure that you're doing it the correct way. Yeah. Or, yeah. I don't know, maybe not to offend or piss people off, but I think you can say it as nice as you want to. You still can step on somebody's toes. Yeah. One thing, one thing you can't change uh, about, uh, it, it has to come from within. Uh, uh, and the, the implicit bias that people mm-hmm. have, the uh, institutional patterns and systems that we have in place, that um, that has to be something that's, that comes from within. Um, but you can learn how to say things in a way that I don't have to agree with what you say, mm-hmm. but I can maintain my respect for who you are. And I think that that's what's happening. Uh, there's such a there's such a uh, derogatory, demeaning, uh, um, ugly way that things are being said now that doesn't create dialogue. Mm-hmm. It creates it creates gaps, and I think that that's what's separation. missing. Separation. Yeah, that's what's missing from our culture. That that we can invite that into our conversation a little bit more. Uh, I don't, and I think I, I've heard I've heard um, 
uh, Senator Booker out of New Jersey uh, talk about this same thing. I, I don't, the country really was created out of diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when you could be on the opposite side of, of issues. Still find a way and there's that way we could dialogue and, and have fun doing it and argue today and then go eat dinner and tomorrow. I, I would I, I would say, you know, that whole idea is where we aren't right now. It's like, it seems like both sides aren't even communicating with one another. Yeah. And I think we should we should obviously move away from that idea. My mentor has a thought. It's funny you mentioned it. I'm so glad you mentioned it because my mentor has a thought is that what, what our president has mastered is leadership by division. Mm-hmm. It's, that it's, a, it's a deeply manipulative way to divide people and lead the group that you, you have a greater influence by. So it's leadership by division. It's, it's people creating hatred and bitterness on both sides. And it's orchestrated leadership, orchestrated division, orchestrated chaos mm-hmm. created by someone who's masterful at manipulating people. And unfortunately, many people have played right into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Man, this has been rich. I, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on your show today. I appreciate you saying yes, because I tell every guest, because you should you could have said no. You should have, you could have said no. And I said that correctly. You should have, you could have said no. Um, one thing I ask these guests is, I have a Kanye West confidence level. Now, that usually sparks a whole bunch oh, of conversation. conversation. Yeah. We can go into that if you yeah. want to, too. <laughs> Whoa. That's uh, that's almost is that is that synonymous to Trump? No, that, that's <laughs> the idea. Is that you know what are we seeing when we talk about Mr. West? And I think uh, one of the point of views have been maybe we're seeing him just get all his ideas out. Maybe he's playing us too. <laughs> <laughs> but he did do an interview with David uh, Letterman, and he kind of explained a lot of things when you're going through stuff sometimes. He explains what what he was going through, what he was feeling, you know, his diagnosis and everything like that. But um, the the scale goes from co- a college dropout to now Ye. So his discography of all his albums, it was that Ye was going to be number one, but everybody's saying, like, you know, college dropout, he was the most confident I ever seen him. That's when he was doing the best that I worked that wow, I ever thought he was doing. Yeah. So people usually rate themselves along there as far as their confidence of what they're working on, things like that. Um, but we can wait to do that. I think, I think, I think, I, I think, uh, when you look at, when you look at a Kanye West, the, the thing that I embraced, if, if I had to pick something that was to me, uh, unique to Kanye, the power to break ranks mm. against the norm, uh, I, I, I personally, we label, particularly in the black community, if you break ranks with the majority of blacks, I'm not saying what he did at the White House a couple of months ago that I agree with. I'm not dealing with that. I'm dealing with the ability to be independent, to be an, to be an independent thinker, mm. um, to disagree with someone or another group, and yet remain respected and that's why i think I, that's key i wanted to take that out i wanted to not have that it's a thing you know to have guests talk about but i sat back and i thought about it like everybody i've spoken to everybody outside of this 
have been affected by Kanye West and his influence, whether they want to admit it or not. Or not, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be in history books, but I know when they talk about this time period and the range of everybody who's had something to do with this time period right now, from Trump, Kaepernick, to even Kanye West. Will he be in those books, you know what I'm saying? But, like, thinking about how his music has affected different people, right. his fashion, his ideas, even though people don't agree with it, don't like it, it's too expensive, it's ugly, it's like we're still talking about it. Right. He's making a mark. And I have to be honest with you, I think so much of it is, and, and, and there may be many people out there that don't agree with me because if you don't, if you're not in that world, you don't understand mm-hmm. it. But so much of it is marketing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it, sometimes people take a controversial position because they want to stay in the stream of thought. If you're talking about me, if you're having conversation about me, mm-hmm. negative or positive. It's work. It's good. It's, it's work. It's happening. You know? And so uh, I, I try not to get uh, sidetracked with with, because Trump is masterful at that. He, he's, he's masterful at stimulating controversy over here while he's doing it's something so over there. <laughs> so, 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 and, and, and it's, this is so interesting. I heard a stat the other day, and I'd already said it without hearing the stat. Our president has got elected two years ago. He has been the headliners every single day almost, since he got elected. Yet, there's news outlets that says, we, you know, we, we talk about Trump too much, but he, they still do. <laughs> but he, he is masterful at staying on the really? headlines, and it's, it is the most powerful thing. Um, so he says to himself about himself, he's one of the most popular presidents. Well, contrary to popular belief, the press proves it. I said the most successful or the most accurate popular or the most brilliant, but the most popular. He, he has mastered um, mastering the media. They got to cover him. Um, so, so I don't know who's being played. Mm-hmm. When I look at it, because I understand that's how systems operate, um, he'll probably leave richer than he ever was. When he leaves the presidency, I believe there's a whole lot of things going on financially that he uses the media to distract us from. And so Kanye is a part of that whole. I saw something. His, 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 uh, was culture. That's what I mean. He is that culture, but like his, um, what is, what is it? Net worth went up since everything, you know, and they did say that he was in debt. Now I saw something that's like 40, 40, 42 million or something crazy like that. Like, wow. Masterful. In the span of 18 months. Masterful. <laughs> Masterful. It's, it's like, a, who, who, what, what artists, uh, well, it happens with most of them, um, that, that with, with uh, R. Kelly, the first few days of that, his, his work, his, his buys went, shh, you know. So, so it's like we, 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 we talk out both sides of our mouth in our country. Where we say, yeah, we don't like this, we don't like this, but we go by his music. You know, so that's fine, but I'm saying, and the same thing with, with Prince. He dies, his music, and that's understandable. Michael Jackson, he dies, boom. Aretha Franklin, she dies, boom. So, uh, and, and, and now in our culture, negative, negativity and controversy is synonymous to the artist dying. Mm-hmm. 
his sales or her sales, who goes up. So controversy is, is the is the buzzword that one day will be the buzzword of our culture. Mm -hmm. Contro controversy gets you press. Controversy gets people listening to you. Say something. And, and Trump probably has probably been a part of the, the pioneer of that movement. Controversy, controversy, silliness, drama, you know, reality television, whether you agree with it or not. Controversy has become the driving tool of our culture. And so I think some of the artists out there understand mm -hmm. that if they want to rebound their career, rebound their platform, start with a little controversy. Say something. Yeah, we say like something it. out of the norm. Out of the norm. You know? and, and I'm not saying that's the case with, with Kanye, but I'm saying it's become a cultural norm, controversy. But that's, a, that's part of the reason why I feel like I won't. A lot of people are like, I'm not supporting Yay and all this stuff. It's like, bro. He's he been doing the same thing his entire career. He ain't doing nothing different than what he's been doing. Right, 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 right. The reason why you hate him is the same way you, the same reason why you loved him 10 years ago. Yeah. Because he's doing exactly what you admired. Absolutely. And so the confidence that, that I see, some of it is, is we could use a little bit more of it in our, in our community uh, with, with, with a positive twist. Mm -hmm. and yeah, we could use a little. <laughs> I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> yeah. Independence, stop following, uh, stop following uh, all kinds. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think we need to lead again in our, in our community. Um, we could use a little, for, for positive reasons, we, we could use a little independent thought to shift our cities, our communities, our homes, mm -hmm. you know. I'm going to break ranks and do something powerful, do something. You know, uh, and and when you think in terms of crime in our community, we we need some leaders who's saying, you know, that that, that let's put the guns down. And, and I'm just talking about our community particularly. Put the guns down. Let's pick, let's put the guns down. Pick up books. You know, it's it's okay to uh, to break ranks. You know, uh, and and think differently and do differently. And yeah, so I think we we need a little bit more of that. The average statistics, I've heard a statistic that's, that's, that, that puzzles me. Two things. I watched the, the spelling bee here recently, the National Spelling Bee. I was, I was the last final rounds mm -hmm. that, that an African-American was not in that final round. Male. Uh, and there were people of color, but I didn't see an African-American male. Um, um, that, that concerned me. Mm -hmm. Two, the average brilliant white kid goes into kindergarten with a vocabulary of five to 10,000 words. The average black kid goes to kindergarten with a vocabulary of 1,000 or two uh, words. So we've, we've got to refocus in the black community where education becomes powerful. Fathers, allowing fathers to be present and want to be, if they want to be present, be present, present, present. Reading books versus looking at TV uh, versus on that computer, on, on the, 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 the phones. Um, or my concern is what will life look like in the black community 20 years? 
And so this, this whole subject of fathers is more critical now than it's ever, ever been. Because the family is not the traditional family anymore. Mm -hmm. We need to, you know, abandon this whole, that now, now the, the family is uh, sometimes a mother, father, sometimes a mother and children, sometimes the father and children. Now we're seeing uh, the family, same-sex marriage mm -hmm. is now a family. Um, we, we've got to look at how we approach parenting again. Um, and we, we, we got to stop fighting stuff that's inevitable and start dealing with the real fight. And that's what, and when we talked about that the other day, I even talked to Sid about that too. It's just like, well, my idea is this, it's marriage. I believe in that. Because I don't see someone who's obviously lesbian or someone who's obviously gay and say, hey, this is my husband. You introduced me to the man. Oh, that's your husband. I'm not saying, oh, that's his gay husband. <laughs> I'm not saying that's her lesbian wife. Right. That's your wife. And, that, and I, that's why I agree with you on that idea. Saying if we try to just move the labels out of the way here, this is marriage. I'm not the law. The law says same-sex marriage. Us regular people don't speak that way. I don't, I don't speak that way that's normally. Right. That's right. <laughs> You know, I don't speak that way normally. And and we've got to we we we're fighting that battle, but that battle is that battle's been won. It's it's just not going anywhere. And uh, and so we've got us. What's the focus? Parenting children, taking our children, getting in their heads, having more influence over them at least until a certain place in life where we get them through school, get them to thinking, get them to thinking critically, get them to thinking entrepreneurially, mm -hmm. uh, generational wealth, you know, all these things that, um, that, that I think helps shape the future and the future minds of our young people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's so much out there, man. It's so, so much, so much to discuss. So it's been good. It's been all right. Good. Well, been this is really... where we go wrap it up here. <laughs> man, it has been powerful. <laughs> We must do this more often. Well, man. I don't know. Maybe, uh, like I said, I've been trying to make sure I have a Father's Day episode. And when you recommend it, yeah, I'm like, hey, man, might as well keep this thing going. Yeah, since so I'm here. Somebody special. In Chi-Town. <laughs> hey, y'all, wherever you're listening, I'm in Chicago on Father's Day. And this has been a, it's been a wonderful weekend. We had our family reunion yep. this weekend. And it's been just so, so special. So special. I saw family members I hadn't seen in 30, 40 years. So, so powerful. And then to um, to have this to cap it off with this interview is uh, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I want to I want to just uh, say to my children, Mike, Gabriel, and Victoria, y'all been a joy to to be a father to, and to all the children. My, uh, I have a, a goddaughter, and she's just like my daughter Monet. I want to just say to her, Oh God, she's a joy to be. A GD. She called me GD. So uh, <laughs> I, got, I got four wonderful children. So I'm honored. Right. Honored. Thank you so much for today. Appreciate it. Love you, man.
that was this week's episode, guys. I hope you really enjoyed that. Um, make sure you follow the podcast on both Twitter and Instagram at it's your world pod underscore. If you're also interested in following my uncle on Instagram as well and social media, you can follow him at Victor L. Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L on uh, Instagram. And I, I think it's the same name for Twitter as well. So you can check that out there and just subscribe and review. Leave a comment. If you if you like the show, let me know. If you don't, let me know. I, I appreciate any type of feedback. Um, the main thing too is uh, Happy Father's Day. I know it's I know it's a little late, but I wanted to get this episode out. Uh, but you know, life happens and you get busy. But um, yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this and just um, yeah, subscribe and review. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well. At It's Your World Podcast. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. Check us out on SoundCloud. On the podcast app on your iPhone. Or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. So, that's it guys.